0: Duggan Hill is supported by Sonnet. Listening to podcasts shouldn't be hard, but so many podcast apps on Android are cluttered and confusing. With its modern, clean design and extremely user-friendly interface, Sonnet makes it easier for those on Android to discover new shows, listen, subscribe, and get notified of latest episodes. Best of all, it's free. Click the link in the description to listen to Duggan Hill on Sonnet. You've reached Dennis O'Keefe, North Shore Logistics. I'm either away from my desk or out of the office, so please leave a message and I'll return your call as soon as I can.
1: Dr. Aaron Aisling here. Want to update you on our investigation into Nievendrada and put in a request for field support. We've almost exhausted cataloging the data we've retrieved from the old storage locker. And give my thanks to Recovery, that was a good find. The breakdown on the videocassette tape is being forwarded to your office. You'll want to set aside some time for that one. I did some more digging, and that storage locker was, technically, the last official trace of McVannon Forestry, at least as an independently owned entity. They went belly-up in the early 90s, and competitors carved them up like a Thanksgiving turkey, but someone had the foresight to rent out a storage unit and pay in advance for 50 years. Based on what we've learned so far, I'd like to get eyes on the site itself that was, for all intents and purposes, Nieve's last known location prior to
2: her death. Alex? That's me.
1: Erin? Sorry I'm late. There was an accident on the way. Oh,
2: good. Weekends usually aren't that busy. And no one else booked in for a tour, so I'm all yours. You want a coffee? I'm good, thanks. Make it real good here. Best in town. Yeah, saw the sign out front. So, your email said you're real interested in taking a look at the old Longavane place. I am. Because, you know, it's not one of my usual stops on the tour. I know. I went through your website. There's an old mining town not too far from here that's a lot more. I mean, you can get close to it. Actually walk through it. There's displays and everything. How close can we get to the hotel? Front gate. That's it. That's as far as we can drive up to it, sure. But if we go on foot... No, no, I I don't think you understand. There's fencing around the whole thing. Fencing. And not like a couple of things of barbed wire wrapped around some old posts either. It's some heavy-duty shit. Pardon my language. It's fine. I'd still like to see it.
1: What's your interest in this place, anyway? Academic, mostly. Your website said you've lived here most of your life.
2: Just about. My dad helped build that place. The hotel. Did he? Well, not like the walls and the windows and things. He was a landscaper. Half the trees and hedges on the grounds he put there said it was real nice back at its heyday before it closed. And when was that? God, that would have been mid-sixties, I think. Wasn't open that long. My dad stayed on for a while afterwards as a groundskeeper. Drove up there every day at the crack of dawn. Always stopped for a coffee and a paper at Quincy Station by the highway. Hotel was never a hot spot, but they drew in some good business. It was nice for the town. Then one night, my dad doesn't come home until late. Like, real late. I wasn't very old at the time, but I remember him telling my mom about it in the kitchen that next morning. There'd been a party. This would have been uh, summer of 62. Big, fancy thing. And three kids go missing. What were their names? <laughs> I can barely remember. Just that they were playing hide-and-seek out back while the adults were chewing the fat with their cocktails. Most of them couldn't have been more than 13. They had everyone out there looking for them almost all night long, my dad included. And they never found anything? Nah, nothing. Whole place kind of developed a bit of a reputation after that. Bled out slow for a couple more seasons till it closed down. My dad always swore that those kids were probably still up there somewhere. Figured some maniac got him, buried him deep. <laughs> Hell, he probably walked past where they were buried a dozen times trying to find them. Could I speak to your father? Sure. If you can speak to the dead. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I- Oh, no. no it's, it's okay. It's just history. I stuck with him a long time, that's all. Didn't smile much after that night. Easier to show folks old mining towns, you know, less personal ties. I understand. You still want to go up there. I do. Hey Corrine, can I get this to go? Sure you don't want anything? I'm sure. (laughs) Alright, let's go look at a fence.
0: Chapter 4 Aperture.
3: Okay. Working? That's good. I can do this. Fuck, Dad. Come on.
1: This is the one hour marker, people. Vivian and Wyatt, please come to the lobby for your equipment.
3: Okay. Breathe. You can't. You can't stay here. You gotta get out. The phone. disconnected. Of course. Okay, um. what else? If I go out that way, they're gonna see me, and. and Dad has the keys to the car. Oh, okay. 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 You're only three stories up. You can do this. God, that's... That's drop. Just breathe. Just breathe. Almost... Did you hear something? What? thought they heard something fall.
4: Hello? Anything? Nah. Nothing. Must have been another of those dead birds just dropping down.
2: That uh, happened back in Saskatchewan too, right?
4: Worse. It was bats. Bats worse? I like bats.
1: Hi Dennis so this is a big one. We're going to be breaking this up into multiple parts. VHS cassette tape found inside an RCA camcorder. Given the condition of the unit, I'm impressed we got what we did off it. For estimated, they started filming on the morning of their expedition. Based on the interior and the furnishings, this was in a room adjoining the lobby on the main floor.
0: This thing here, that's... That's for recording. Huh, Start and stop. This button, that's... Oh, mm-hmm. that's not for... There we go. Is it working? Yeah, I think so.
4: Kinda of bulky. And these are your battery packs? Vivian, can you not do that
0: inside? Just
3: checking to make sure they work. They work. Ryan, you got room for a few uh, more of these?
0: I do not. Hey, Calder. Are we sure we don't need, like, suits or something? Suits? You know,
4: like they had at Three Mile Island. Based on what we understand, Mr. Stone, we aren't expecting any kind of radiation. Yeah, just, you know. Willard spent extensive time in the Thousand Paths. You don't see his hair falling out, do you? Still think we
0: should have gas masks or some shit. Hey, Richard. Yeah? Put that down and come here. Let's get you sorted.
1: At this point, Richard Andrada sets the camcorder down on a table near the entrance. Lucky for us, In his inexperience, he neglected to shut it off. Calder?
4: Just a moment.
0: Pedro, you should probably get your kit sorted out. Thank you, Wyatt. Calder? Alright. You should be getting ready. Look right at me. Don't react.
1: What is it? Nieve is missing. I was checking on her like you asked. The door was still locked, but the window was open. It looks like she climbed or fell down into the gardens out front and took off running. To where? I think she went south. Back to the road. It's a bit of a trek, but... Christ.
4: How the fuck did this happen?
1: I don't think either of us expected her to be so mobile less than twelve hours after exposure. The others sure weren't. Uh, Fuck! Look. We need to be quick about this. Obviously we can't tell Richard. No. Obviously. And we can't let her run loose not after what she's seen. So, how do you want me to handle this? (sighs) I wanted you there when we... I know. I did too. Next time.
4: Next time. This... needs to stay contained. No matter what. Understood. (coughs) Hey, Petra. It's alright, Wyatt. We're gonna stick to the schedule. She's gotta get... Slight change of plans. She'll be joining us on the second foray instead. So it's just the four of us, then? You, me, Viv, and Richard? We'll adjust accordingly. I don't like it. And your objection's been noted. Pass me those flares.
1: At this next point, we can reconcile both the audio recordings from the consoles in the Cedar Room and the tapes made by Mr. Andrada. I've had my team edit them together for ease of understanding.
5: Copy that. Marker 7. Continue proceeding north.
3: And you're sure this thing will keep us talking once we're through?
5: I built the radio rig myself. In line with the principles of the other prototype.
2: So is that a yes?
5: In theory, yes.
2: Jeez. Couldn't have made this thing any
5: lighter. uh,
0: There's a lot of dead animals here.
5: A non-unexpected side effect. I've already been collecting samples.
0: Samples?
5: Jesus.
3: Are we there yet?
5: You should be approaching the origin point now.
4: Alright. Line check, everyone.
2: Yep.
0: Like a dog on a leash. It's for safety. doesn't feel particularly maneuverable. Thank you.
4: Lars, we're at marker 8, facing directly north.
5: Then, you've arrived. The aperture should be approximately seven steps ahead of you.
4: Okay. Okay. I don't see anything. Kind of the point, isn't it? Richard? Camera on me. Right. Sorry.
2: <coughs> hmm.
4: Hello, my name is Calder McVannan. I'm the youngest son of Dorothy McVannon, who was stripped of her position in the company she'd run for years and subsequently institutionalized, all for believing in a theory, a belief I am now going to vindicate irrefutably. A few years ago, a company logging team and their vehicle disappeared on a service road near Ladysmith, British Columbia. The investigation remains unresolved, but we suspect that they may have accidentally stumbled upon something incredible. What you're about to witness was originally referred to as the Montpellier phenomenon by Daniel Graham in 1920. It posits that our world is more uh, interconnected than it seems, that there are pathways that we don't see. To borrow an analogy, think of a mall. You see the storefronts. What you don't see are the service halls connecting the storefronts through the back. And that's where we're going now. After years of research and experimentation and at great personal cost, we have located one such entrance. Invisible to the naked eye, but oh, very, very real. And now a demonstration. Wyatt, uh, some more slack on the rope, please. Sure. Yeah. It. It should be me, Richard. Still recording. Stay on me. Whatever happens. Here we go. One. Two. Three. Four. Five, six,
0: seven. Holy shit! Oh my God! Holy shit! The ropes just—what the fuck? It's just hanging there. Oh my God! What's happening, Calder?
5: Can you hear me, Calder? You're
4: alive. Think uh, fine. here. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm going to try coming back.
5: We need to clean this up. We can barely...
4: Oh, shit. Connor! <sighs> I'm fine. <clears throat> you okay? Oh, it definitely takes the wind out of you. The change. I think I might be sick. Viv. Uh, Yes. Yes. Uh, Mark this line. (sighs) Right behind me. That's it. That's the aperture.
1: On it. You
0: better sit down.
4: It's it's not... It's not raining. What? It's not raining in there. It's as warm as a summer's day. You don't look so good. (laughs) No. No. I'll be fine. She was right. My mother was right. Richard, how's the battery on that camera?
0: I've got a couple spares. Good.
4: That's good. Are you ready?
3: Hello? Uh,
5: What can I... Holy shit.
3: Do you have a phone?
4: Jeez, girl, look at you. You're
5: bleeding.
3: Yeah, I, uh, (laughs) I... I need some help. Were you in an accident, or... No, I was... I was hiking. Hiking? Um, Got turned around real bad and... thought I saw a bear, so I had to run. My leg must have gotten caught on something and... Yeah...
4: You must be from the city. What? Well, you're damn sure not dressed for hiking.
3: Yeah. I guess I learned my lesson, huh?
4: I've got a kit in the back here. One second.
3: Can I use your phone? Please. I... I need to call a friend.
5: Sure.
2: I was going to hear from you?
3: Mel, I, uh, I need help.
2: Yeah, I know. I've been trying to get the cash together like you asked,
3: no, but... No, fuck the cash. What? I, uh, I need...
2: Nev, are you okay?
3: No, I'm really not.
2: What happened?
3: I, I can't really explain it, but my dad's... The people he's with—they're, they're either completely deluded or they're into some really bad shit.
2: What? What kind Can of? you come get me? Please. Come and get you. What happened to your? Please. Okay. Are you still at the hotel?
3: No. No, not the hotel. I had to get out. I'm. Um, I'm at this gas station. It, it's on the highway near the turnoff. For the old road up to Longavent. Shit,
2: okay. I know where you're at. It'll take me about an hour and a bit, but I'm on my way.
3: Thank you, Mel.
0: Got the kit. Great. Antiseptic.
4: For the leg. You probably don't want to... There's a bathroom in the back. Just behind the shelves there. Thank you. Um.
3: How much of that did you hear?
4: Uh, most of it. Right. You probably don't need me telling you your business, but uh, I'm friends with the folks over at St. Andrews United, and they usually let folks stay in the church basement if they're uh, in a bad situation. Um,
3: I don't think I'm sticking around. Uh, But if I do, I'll let you know, okay? Okay. Thanks, ma'am. Bathroom's this way?
1: The shift is... sudden. The camera carried by Mr. Andrada captures him stepping directly into the area they're referring to as the Aperture. There is some interference, but not so much that completely obscures the transition into what they, and we, are referring to as the Thousand Paths. Immediately, the rain ceases. The coloration of the trees shift, becoming more vibrant. Not unlike autumn, there's a noticeable haze in the air. What's immediately fascinating is the sky. look at these. There is no sun above them. There is no sun anywhere in the sky, and the shadows do not fall in ways that would align with our understanding. To quote their colleague, Willard Crane, there was something different about the light.
3: They're big as redwoods. Almost. You're hearing that,
4: right? bird noises? I am. Me too. So how
0: come we haven't seen
4: it? Vivian? Another marker? Got it.
0: It doesn't hurt it, right? What? The spray paint. On the tree?
2: Of course not. Used to do this all the time. Okay, ready to move.
4: All together now. Something, isn't it? Wyatt? Yeah. Yeah. You're nervous.
0: How far you plan on going, anyway?
4: Ah, well, we'll turn back when we're ready, but ideally I'd like to find a second exit. To where? Wherever it takes us. Just so we can mark it, come back later, start mapping it out in more detail? See the room? Come in. Over. We hear you. Over. Can you describe what you're seeing? It's... beautiful. Serene. Feels like it's sunset. (laughs) But we can't make out where the sun is. Breathing. Normal. Air's good.
5: Request you take a box sample from trees, several of them.
4: Yeah, we can do that. Hey, Vivian. Viv. Viv, why are you stopping? Did
2: you see that? On the right? What is it? Uh, I think it's...
3: uh... It's some kind of structure.
0: Richard? Hang on, I think I can zoom in.
1: Richard is not an experienced cameraman. The focus is off for the majority of this next section, but once it clears up.
0: It's a tank. It's a what? Bullshit. No, I'm serious. I barely know how to use that thing. At least one of us brought binoculars. Well, shit. Wyatt? It's old as hell and overgrown, but yeah. He's right. What the fuck's a tank doing out here?
4: <laughs> what are any of us doing here? Come on. No.
0: Calder. God damn it. Duggan Hill story written by Andy Garland and produced by Time Signal Productions, featuring David Johnston as Dennis, Jillian Itenier as Aaron, Rivera Reese as Alex, Sarah Roa as Nieve, Kelsey Ranshaw as Petra, Denise Ding as Vivian, Graham Miles as Llewellyn, Jarrett Vishko as Richard, Darren Hopwood as Calder, Richard Mean as Wyatt, Daly Nelson as Lars, Kyle Kolick as Quincy, and Alina Blackett as Mel. For more information, you can find us online at DugganHill.com or on Twitter at DugganHill Radio. From all of us at Time Signal, I'm Andy Garland saying thanks for listening and carry on bravely.